0: BULLET for f- 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 for life get on, get on. This, is a revolution. this is our time to rise look deeper than your in my eyes ladies and gentlemen you know the name you know the voice you know exactly why i'm here just in case if you don't i'm a 24 year old piece of gold the messiah of the microphone and the greatest Sports recreational podcast from the world today, the Pod Father. I'm also the essential one because 'cause I'm an essential employee helping out my community. I'm still your reigning, defending Bullet cast champion, just like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, and Adam Cole, baby. This title reign is hashtag forever undisputed. Fuh 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 fu, fu, for life, brother. As I reside doing this podcast in my former residence, you know. But I'm never on. I'm never alone when I do these. He's on the line. He's my tag team partner, the Jimmy to my Jay, the Tully to my Arn, the Stevie Ray to my Booker T. The Hawkins to my writer. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the award-winning Under the Radar, host and creator of Curveballs and Chair Shots, the first ever and eight-time Bullet Cast champion, the Canadian Destroyer, BT, Brendan Tan Guma. BT, how are you doing on this fine Thursday afternoon? We're starting about an hour and ten minutes later than we normally do. I apologize.
1: You know, it's okay, Philip. You, you did interrupt me a little bit because I didn't know when we were going to get on the air. So I was eating a little bit. You know, you, you've been known to eat a few times on the podcast, but I'm done. So all my attention is up on this lovely and podcast. I'm doing okay. I've been playing a lot of video games during this quarantine. So if you guys got the PlayStation, you know, holla at your boy. Slide in the DMs. We can hook up. I've been playing a lot of MLB the show, playing some Call of Duty Warzone. You know, squad up. We can some, kill some people virtually, not literally.
0: There you go as I enjoy this um, delicious 7-Eleven pizza while I do this recording with some uh, good old OJ. OJ, yes, and I'm not talking about a Simpson. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, what a crazy couple days it's been in the world of professional wrestling. But first, we have to start off with the, the, the unfortunate passing of legendary ring announcer, WWE Hall of Famer Howard Finkel. The news broke earlier today. And, you know, the wrestling world is at shock, especially at what happened yesterday with what we're going to get into right after this. But, yeah, man. I mean, Howard Finkel, he was always credited as being the first WWE employee or WWF at the time. Uh, He came up with the name WrestleMania, you know. Uh, Fink is called or bringing out some of the greatest um, events in wrestling history WrestleMania 3. You know, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. I do a terrible Fink, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, one of his last uh, best things that he did was, what, Survivor Series 2011? You know, that was uh, when Del Rio had uh, Ricardo Rodriguez as his personal ring announcer, so the champ punked one-up him. He brought out the Fink and a sold-out Madison Square Garden. They barely would let him even ring announce. It was, just, it was, it was a great moment. Uh, Brandon, what are your thoughts on um, the Fink?
1: I mean, obviously, sad news, hopefully. Uh, you know, shout out to all his friends, family, everyone that knew him. Obviously, he touched a lot of lives. Being in the wrestling business, being in WWE for such a long period of time, he had the long running streak of being on every single WrestleMania. I don't even remember the the last one he was on, but it was you know he was up there in the '30s. So he's that's definitely a streak. I don't think anybody is going to break. And I mean, iconic voice. It was kind of a shame that, you know, at the later part of his career, when he was doing those WrestleMania appearances, they wouldn't even show his face. They would just, you'd hear the voice. But, you know, we've heard in these past few, you know, months and I think like the last year, he had a, a health scare. So we kind of, you know, we were bracing for this. We kind of knew that he was in kind of some poor health and we we're hoping he was going to pull through. But unfortunately, he did not. So, I mean, iconic, legendary, definitely. You know, it's kind of a sad day overall for the wrestling business, but definitely we should uh, look and pay respects to the Fink. And the the ring announcer, kind of an overlooked skill, I think, in wrestling right now.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we're younger, so we grew up with uh, Chimmel and Roberts and Lillian Garcia. um. But, you know, you know, there are people who were very fond of the Fink. We got some fan mail, Jack of all trades. Certain ring announcers help guide an era just like a commentator or interviewer. No one mastered the craft of introduction like the Fink. May he rest in peace and thank you, Fink. Thank you, Fink. Thank you, Fink. R.I.P. Finkel. All right. What else do we have here? Uh, Robert Walker. No one said the following contest is scheduled for one fall better than Howard Finkel. All right. Uh, I think we may have one more. Let me go to the bullet cast DMs here. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's, it's very, very un, un, unfortunate that the the Fink has left us. Uh, in Brightest Day X, graphic designer for our show, he says, R.I.P. Howard Finkel, another piece of my childhood has gone away. Yeah, man, I mean, I feel bad for people who grew up in the 80s. I mean, you watch all these old shows like A Primetime Wrestling, A Tuesday in Texas, or WWF Superstar from the 80s. Like, who's really left? Uh, uh, Hogan, uh, Roberts, and, uh, you know, that
1: that might be it, man. Yeah, I mean, th- that time in the 80s, we're going to talk about it with the Snooker uh, documentary that you know, there's not a lot of people from that era that are really around anymore, and it's kind of sad.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's terrible. Oh, my God. R.I.P. Fink, may you forever rest in peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now we have to talk about it. Yesterday, people are calling it Black Wednesday. 30 WWE employees were released from their contracts. Uh, I mean, WWE, they're known to do spring cleaning, but uh, it's never been its never been this apparent with the the amount of people who were released. So with that being said, I'm going to read you off all the names of those who lost their jobs yesterday. Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, EC3, Leo Rush, Eric Young, uh, Aiden English, Heath Slater, Sarah Logan, Micah Maria Kanellis... Eric Rowan, Primo and Epico, Cologne, Zack Ryder, No Way Jose, Rusev, Deanna Purrazzo, uh WWE Hall of Famers Kurt Angle and Devon Dudley, Shane Helms, uh, Lance Storm, uh, Mike Rotunda, who was IRS, Billy Kidman, Fit Finley, Scott Armstrong, former WWE referee, Sean Devari, and Sarah Stock. Wow. Brandon, what was your initial reaction when you saw the amount of people that got released yesterday?
1: Obviously, it was kind of a shock. I kind of got on. I think the first thing I saw was like YouTube. I saw some like headlines and was like, "Oh, there's been some releases." And I was like, "Oh, you know, this kind of happens." We saw the revival get released, and it does kind of suck because it's the whole pandemic situation. But then I go and I look and I go online and I'm like, "Geez, there's like 30 people," as you said, and it's like they WWE did not have to do this not to confuse anybody but some of those names aren't technically released they're furloughed which means they're still with the company they're just not getting paid uh you know it's an ongoing situation there might be more names added some names might be brought back uh you know at the end of all this but this is just a a terrible situation all the way around i mean wwe is catching flack for this and rightfully so they have a half a billion dollars Left in like their tax reserves that they can use, and they can still turn a profit. They can pay all these wrestlers their downside guarantees. In the long run, this isn't even that much money they're really saving because of the downside guarantees. There, I mean, I I don't know if this is true, but I think I saw something that like with all these cuts, like maybe they're saving like a million dollars a month, like if that. And it's like that's just kind of a drop in the bucket with everything WWE's been doing. We have the XFL going under, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. I don't know how much of that has anything to do with the WWE releases. Uh, I mean, individually, you know, a lot of these guys and girls are kind of on the lower card, but there's also some big names like Rusev and Gallows and Anderson. I mean, there's people that were just on Raw this past week and if you want me and my co-host Dominic over at Curveballs and chair Shots we did do a special uh, bonus podcast where we kind of looked over the entire list and we kind of went over all uh, every name that was uh, known at that time we kind of speculate where we think they could go but that being said we're in a pandemic we're in unknown economic times right now we don't know when wrestling will come back we don't know you know when shows will return and People aren't really hiring right now, so, I mean, it's just a really crappy thing that WWE is doing, and rightfully so, people are flaming them for it.
0: That's, that's, that's true. Yeah, those that are furloughed, which means, you know, when things get better, they won't be replaced, they'll be brought back into the company, but yeah, man, I mean, you look at this, uh, the Good Brothers, they shocked me for getting released, I'm like, they were just in the Boneyard match with the Taker, I mean, a hell of a way to go out, I'm not gonna lie, hell of a way to go out. Um, but I I do think we'll see the machine gun make a make a resurgence, and I think he and Doc Gallows will go back to Japan,
1: um, and they don't even have to go back to Japan to wrestle for New Japan because New Japan's doing all this stuff in the states. They could stay here in America and just wrestle for New Japan uh, USA, and Carl uh, Anderson could be like the head honcho with you know New Japan America, and that could be a very good deal. So you know WWE kind of cutting their nose despite their face with some of these moves, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, Heath Slater, I mean, I was, I, was, I was surprised by that, the guy's been there forever, forever. but you know, he'll be gone for two or three years, and he'll come back jacked as, as all hell, and he'll win the world title, kind of like what uh, Gallows, not Gallows, but uh, McIntyre and uh, Mahal did. Um, Kurt Angle, I'm, I was shocked, you, you know, it, it, it is what it is, he was a backstage producer. Uh, Mike Kyoto also got released, he was the longest tenured employee um, he got hired in 1989, so you're talking, what, 31 years? He was there longer than The Undertaker. Well, now, Taker's the longest-tenured employee. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that was very interesting to see the senior official, um, be be cast away. Yeah, man, uh, Rusev was another big one, you know? I mean, well, whenever wrestling get, picks back up, I think we could be looking forward to seeing Rusev here in the Bay Area, because he and, uh, Marcus Mack are, uh... They're, they're they're good friends so I, I think we could look forward to seeing that eventually sometime in the future yeah but just uh i hope everybody's uh going to land on their feet and there's so much wrestling out there now like every people can go anywhere and everywhere so i think i think i think everybody will be okay ec3 should go back to impact cuz he was a star there and i think they could really use that yeah um any any other thoughts on these releases
1: Philip, don't laugh when I say this. One of the names that stick out to me that I think could have a surprising resurgence with their career is No Way Jose. I I know you might see what he did in WWE It's like, okay, he was the dancing guy. He didn't do anything. But I have heard what he did down in the Mid-Atlantic area. He was a really good wrestler. He got over with that crowd. I think someone that I compared him to was CJ Parker, Juice Robinson. He can go turn a goofy gimmick that he was in WWE, kind of flip it on its head, reinvent himself. doesn't have to be Japan, it can be somewhere else. But I think No Way Jose is a sleeper pick for me to come out of this and have a good career post WWE. But we just don't know when we're going to get back to normal. Whenever a new, I mean, it's not even normal, it's going to be a new normal. And that might be 8, 10, 12, 14 months from now, we don't even. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy what's going on right now.
0: Um, I, I'm honestly surprised no way Jose lasted as long as he did in WWE. He should have been fired a long time ago. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I have to say it. You know, I don't understand why he was still there.
1: You know, I hope we we still do this podcast whenever this pandemic's over, and you know, maybe two years from now when Noe Jose lands on his feet outside of WWE, and I can sit here and make you eat all the crow in the world when Noe Jose is, like, IWGP Intercontinental Champion.
0: I mean, that promotion doesn't know how to book properly. I mean, Cody and Jericho should have won their heavyweight title. They don't know what they're doing over there.
1: I mean, Okada did have the greatest title run I've ever seen in my lifetime.
0: No, no. I wasn't alive for it, but I'd I'd pick. Any one of Flair's 21 title runs over anything Okada did. Hell, you know, Punk's 434-day run, so much better. So much better.
1: Because he wasn't main eventing any of the shows that he was a part of.
0: Hey, man. Sometimes you're sometimes you're too big to be in the last spot on the show. Sometimes you could be in the first match and it's the main event. That's just how it is.
1: All right, Paul Heyman. Hey,
0: hey man. I got that Heyman hustle. Believe that. Believe that. Also, The Revival were uh, immediately released from WWE, but was it last Friday? And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they have a 90-day no compete if it's an immediate release. I'm not sure. Anyway, if it is a 90-day no compete, nobody's really doing much, so uh, that shouldn't really affect them. Uh, yeah, Dawson, Dawson, they're uh, they're gonna be gone. I think they're gonna be known as either Shatter Machine or the Top Guys. I think they should go with FTR. You know, just forever The Revival play on what they. The feud that they were going on, or uh, internet feud they had with the Bucks. Uh, yeah, I've, Baby Huey and Jimbo on in the click. They said that those guys should wind up in NWA. I think that would be a perfect fit for what they're trying to do. The obvious pick is for them to go to AEW and have the match that everybody's been looking forward to, them versus the Bucks. Brandon, what are your thoughts on where the revival should land?
1: I, I talked a little bit about it on Under the Radar and on Curbs and Sure Shots, which you guys should definitely go and check out. But I think the Revival, they'll land on their feet. They'll be somewhere whenever this whole pandemic stuff blows over. NWA definitely is something that makes sense if that's what they want to do. I mean, it's all up to them. They're free agents. They're independent contractors. They can do whatever the hell they want. But I think, personally, I want them to go to AEW. This Young Bucks feud, this Cody feud, has been going on for years upon end. I know it's kind of tug in cheek but... I mean, we just had the Young Bucks take on Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, and I think that's the greatest tag team match I've ever seen. And so if you get an even, maybe an even better story with such a long-running feud with the Revival in there, it could be fantastic.
0: It could be fantastic. It absolutely could be. Uh, Brandon, we, we speculated about it, and it's, it's finally come true. Ladies and gentlemen, Double or Nothing 2 is canceled. For a live audience, the show will still go on with no crowd. The pay-per-view will still happen. Uh, but yeah, Double or Nothing with the live audience will take place a year from now. Was it May 29th, 2021 in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand Garden Arena? Brandon, how, how disappointed are you?
1: I'm obviously disappointed, not shocked. I kind of knew that this was coming these past few weeks. And I mean, I had tickets, so I have tickets now for next year's Double or Nothing. I think I'm going to still hang on to them. Maybe later on down the road, if something changes, I might, you know, get rid of them or sell them, get a refund. I don't know, but I mean, it's sad, it sucks, but it it's just a, you know, it's it's our new normal right now. It's just everything's getting canceled, and I think just everyone, all the governments are going to take it a month by month. So, I mean, this probably is not going to be the last. Show we're gonna see postponed, canceled, or you know take place in front of no audience.
0: Absolutely, as I was enjoying that delicious OJ, uh, OJ. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I'm bummed, man. I was I was looking forward to Double or Nothing too, but uh, eh, it's uh, it is what it is. As you said, this is our new normal. Um, I don't know, man. I mean,
1: I, I was talking with Dominic about it because we were supposed to go to double or nothing, and now there's even rumors that maybe even WrestleMania next year in Los Angeles might be up in the air just because California in general has been kind of ahead of the curve on all this, and they're saying there's going to be no mass gatherings for, like, another year, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The People are saying, like, no mass gatherings until, like, the fall of 2021, that's crazy. Could you imagine WWE just no, just no crowd? Could they keep doing this for a year, bro?
1: Well, if they just keep uh, funneling Super PAC money to the Florida governor, then I think they'll be able to, you know, pull some strings and get get a crowd in there because they're essential business.
0: Yes, WWE was deemed an essential business by the Florida governor this past week. Hey, man, I mean, entertainment's essential to staying sane, so I'm I'm all for it, ladies and gentlemen.
1: It is kind of laughable, especially with the hey. ties to the Trump administration. That WWE has.
0: We will get into all of that coming up. Uh Dark Side of the Ring, Jimmy Snooker. Superfly, Jimmy Snooker. Oh my god. Um uh, King of the Hill who's been on the show, he woke me up to uh the Jimmy Snooker um Cons- not conspiracies, but the Jimmy Snuka story a few years ago when I first met him. And yeah, so this Dark Side of the Ring episode was about Jimmy Snuka and uh, Nancy Argentino, his uh, his mistress, his girlfriend. Even though Snuka was already married with kids. Yeah, so um, he met her when he was on the road, and she started to go on the road with him because he was managed by a uh, Buddy Rogers. I didn't know. I didn't even know that. I thought that was very interesting. He was managed by Buddy Rogers, and Buddy couldn't deal with Snook and all the coke and all that stuff. So she became his uh, his handler and his on the road girlfriend and stuff. And you know there was there was uh, abuse that did happen. I mean, they even talk about how he put his hand around his sister's throat because I guess she was just talking, being her bubbly self, and I guess Snooka just wanted her to shut shut the hell up. Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, so they have an altercation and she hits her head blunt force trauma and she uh and she dies you know in the hotel room in what is it Allenwood Pennsylvania and yeah you know you know after the accident he goes to his match and he comes back and you know she died sometime during that and the story i always heard was that it was over like a little, like a bag of coke or something and he beat her up and then went to his match and came back and then called the police they didn't even mention the the, the coke part of that in this uh Episode of Dark Side of the Ring with that altercation, but uh, yeah, man, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on this?
1: Honestly, out of the Dark Side of the Rings that have happened this season, I think this was probably my the, my least favorite one. I just felt like there was some stuff that they kind of not skimmed over, but I mean, there were so many people that I were at that taping that could have added some insight, and you had the Tongan kid who we've seen at many. APW shows trying to peddle some merch but uh, maybe his line will grow a little bit once this pandemic is over but I heard something that like the Tonkin Kin wasn't even like at that loop when this whole snooker thing was going down and I just felt like you could have gotten more people try to like or better people to talk about the situation like obviously the argentino family they're on the side of condemning Snuka, but they weren't there like obviously they know what happened like behind the scenes a little bit about the abuse that she took but i kind of wish there was more people like in that loop in the wrestling community that could talk about Snuka and talk about you know what happened in that you know, situation or in that kind of area on that day. I mean, they had Don Morocco, they had the Tongan kid, but besides that, there wasn't really anybody else. And yes, you know, unfortunately, a lot of those people aren't with us anymore. But I just felt, I mean, overall, I felt like the story was just kind of rushed and kind of skimmed over. And even, like, at the end, they said, like, oh, because of his drug problems, the WWE couldn't, uh, they didn't employ him anymore, even though Snuka came back so many more times after that 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 didn't make any sense to me that that was just kind of you know either ignored or just kind of blatantly wrong
0: that that's that's true um I, I didn't even know I'm surprised to see Don Morocco in this I didn't think he was still alive so I'm happy to, for him to be alive the uh, original yeah of course dude uh, yeah man it was just this wasn't my favorite I'm not gonna lie to you uh, his 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 wife you know was was in this his widow. And you know they talked about the court trial, and they said, you know the dementia, and he's just like not mentally capable to do this, he doesn't even know what's happening. I'm like, oh, okay, and then his book came out, and it was basically the equivalent of have you ever seen the o j if I did do it, this is how I would do it, but I didn't do it. you ever seen that interview? the hypothetical that's basically what his book was, you know, so all in all, do you think Jimmy Snooker killed his girlfriend?
1: do I think he Purposely killed his girlfriend? No. Was there abuse that led to her dying? I'm pretty sure that's the most likely scenario that actually happened.
0: Oh god. Here well there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy Snooker. I this had to be awkward for Chris Jericho. I mean, Jericho was Snuka's last match at Mania twenty five, and then he's narrating this thing. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, right? Right,
1: right. As I said, like they kinda said that he was fired from the company, and never came back after the eighties, but I mean he wrestled at WrestleMania twenty five, so he came back obviously.
0: Russell, wrestled is a big air quotes on him, wrestled. Uh yeah, so that's enough of this participated
1: dark participated inside the ring.
0: Yes, there we go. That's enough of
1: this dark side of the
0: ring. Uh broken skull sessions, the nature boy Ric Flair. Austin called him the greatest of all time, and he is. Who's who who's better than who's better than H? Nobody. 21 world titles, and they actually acknowledge that, you know? Austin's like, well, is it 16? If flair's F- 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 like, no, it's, it's more than that. So, I, I like how WWE's at least somewhat acknowledging that, no, it's it's actually more than this, you know, phony record that you've put in place. Oh, but yeah, man, it was cool, you know? Flair talked about the first time he ever met Buddy Rogers, and Buddy was like, hey, kid, there's only one diamond in this business, and you're looking at him. Flair was just telling stories. I felt like it should have been longer, because, I mean, Flair has so many great stories about it, and then he, uh, they even mentioned his tna run. Wow, much I, I thought that was interesting to do. Um, so Brandon, what were your thoughts on this episode of the Broken Skull Sessions?
1: I thought it was a really good episode. I mean, I've listened to some podcasts that Stone Cold and Ric Flair have done together. I mean, both of these guys, they just they love each other and it seems genuine unlike when, you know, Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold get together. That there's some Obviously, some professional tension between those two, but Ric Flair and Stone Cold, they love each other. You know, Stone Cold says Rick's the best. Ric Flair will say Stone Cold's the best. But, you know, they just have a great rapport with each other. And I thought it was really interesting. I like the insight that Rick gave about uh, his match with Shawn Michaels, saying that, you know, Shawn was pretty much the one that called the match. So, you know, Rick had to kind of get over himself. But in the end, you know, that match panned out pretty well.
0: It did. It did, you know. Um, uh, Steve and Rick were enjoying some Broken Skull IPA. I finally found them, Brandon, after I, I scoured the globe. Not the globe, really, just the Bay Area. I finally found some Broken Skull IPAs. They're delicious, by
1: the way. Would you like to give me some intel on where to find these? Because I haven't had one in quite a long time, and they were in a bottle, probably expired from somewhere outside the Bay Area.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some insight At you know off-air. Off-air.
1: You got so basically, you're telling me is you got it off the black market?
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! Absolutely not! Absolutely not! I, I I found them in the Bay Area. That's all I'll tell you. Okay.
1: In a back alley with some dude with a trench coat on.
0: Absolutely not! Absolutely not! I found them in a store, in the Bay Area. Okay. Yes. 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 All right ladies and gentlemen, outside of the ring, Vince McMahon is named one of Trump's financial advisors for when to reopen the economy. I mean, this, this isn't this is just this is one of the most interesting things that that, that I've heard. Uh, I think we have a fan mail about it. Let me go to the let me go to the email bag here. All right here we go. Robert Walker. Vince just fired 30 people. The XFL filed for bankruptcy and he's named Trump's financial advisor. interesting. That's true. XFL—they're not going to continue with the season for 2021 after six weeks; they're done. I think—I think you said the AFL or the, well not the AFL, but the—what
1: A- was—what was that other one that happened last year? The Alliance of American Football. They're, AAF.
0: The AAF. The AAF—they had what, like seven weeks? I think you said on your under the radar. So, uh yeah, man, in, in, interesting. Uh, VKM—he's uh—he he has some influence in what's happening in America. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, this is just something that Trump's doing right now. He's been vocal on wanting to get sports back up and running. So, you know, Vince, you know, I don't think Dana White's a part of it, but you know, a lot of the major sports figures in America are kind of getting together, and Vince is one of them. And obviously, Vince and Trump have had a long-standing relationship going back to the 80s uh linda's a part of a super PAC to get him reelected this year she was a part of his small business cabinet so i mean obviously if it's no surprise that vince and trump are working together through this pandemic
0: absolutely speaking of vince trump in the 80s um tomorrow i'm purchasing i told you i wanted to get into the vintage hat game did i tell you did i tell you that
1: you may have alluded to it
0: tomorrow do you know what i'm purchasing brandon do you, do you know do you? Are you are you ready for it?
1: Well, since you said Trump, I'm gonna go WrestleMania Five Hat.
0: How did you know?
1: Well, it was between four and five, and you know the Mega Powers. I, I felt like five would be a better fit for you.
0: I mean, it was it was it April April second, 1989. Trump Towers, the Mega Powers exploded. Probably the greatest story ever told. I'm gonna have a hat. From that event, I'm, I'm excited, Brandon. I'm I, I'm I'm all bubbly inside. You could you know, I I'm so happy. I can get together and be a part of a bubbly bunch, which we're going to talk about when we talk AEW. Uh, do we have anything else about Trump and uh, events and financial advisors and all this other stuff? No. All right, Rowdy Ronda Rousey, former bantamweight champion. She was undefeated. Got kicked in the head by Holly Holm. Went home, hid for a year. Came back, fought. Was it? Was it Tate? Was it Nunez? I forgot. She lost to her, too, went home, hid for a year, came to WWE, won the damn title, lost it at WrestleMania last year, went home, and has hid for a year ever since. She called wrestling fake, ladies and gentlemen. Brandon, why don't you read the quote?
1: Well, there are two quotes that you can really go off on. This whole firestorm pretty much started with an interview on the Steve-O podcast, and then she kind of doubled down. On the Instagram. I think I'll read the whole quote. Uh, you know, if you want to stop me, Philip, go right ahead. We, so she posted a few days ago anyone who is outraged by me calling pro wrestling, quote, fake fights for fun has never been in a real fight. While you all are tiptoeing around, Bruising some pro wrestlers' huge soft egos, no one is thinking about all the real fighters you're insulting when pretending pro wrestling is somehow on the same level of realism. Yes, I understand wrestling 300 days a year for years on end is incredibly tough on the body and a difficult profession. But do you know what happens if you get into 300 real fights in a year? You would die.
0: Uh, yes, you would be dead if you did that. But, I mean, c- come on. Come on. like Let's – there, wait, what about the other quote? What about the other quote that you went to social media with?
1: Uh, well, the other quote, I'm not, I don't have it in front of me, but the uh, pretty much what you talked about on the Stevo. Was that she's not wrestling because the, well, she has a family and she wants to do all that stuff, but she pretty much called the fans ungrateful and blah, 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 blah. This is, you know, something that Ronda Rousey has done before, not only with WWE, but also with UFC. The UFC fans kind of turned on her at the later part of her career. And so this is just kind of par for the course with Ronda. I've always, I mean, I like her. She's very talented, but I always kind of understand that she has, you know, a different personality. She's very competitive and, you know she didn't kind of flip on a dime at any point. I mean, I was there for Survivor Series in LA, in her hometown, and yet she's getting booed out of the arena, which I know she didn't like.
0: Yeah, um, I, I think she said something about you smart fans working yourself to shoot work shoot work work something like something like that. Brother. Uh, like brother. Yes. Look, guys, if anybody's actually mad that she called wrestling fake, like let's let, let's come let's come on, like look, we all know this is a work. I don't like to use the word fake because, you know, guys have had serious injuries because of doing this for 300 days a year for 20, 30, 35 years, you know. So I'm not, I'm not going to call it fake. It's far from that. It's predetermined. We all know that. Um, she's working us, guys. She could say it's not a work. She could say it's a shoot. She called herself the kayfabe killer. Uh look guys, it's she's working, she's working all of you. Like if if you actually got offended by this congratulations, you got worked. That's that's just the bottom line. I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be offended by this. I mean, like when she loses, she hides for a year. Like let's let's calm down. Let's calm let's calm down, guys. You know?
1: It's not that I'm that- not sitting here getting offended, but I think there's a little bit more truth to- or not truth, but she feels more of what she's saying than I think you are leading on because I just think like Rhonda has that type of personality where she just gives no Fs and will just say what's ever on her mind. And yes she'll she'll say it to get a rise out of people. And yes, you know, she she loves wrestling and she has a passion for it. But I, I, I feel like she believes what she's saying a little bit more than you believe she says.
0: Dude, I'm not taking her seriously, okay? She got kicked in the face, got humbled, and hid for a year. Came back, lost, hid for a year again. You know, like I'm, She she hides when she loses. I'm not taking her seriously. You know how many wrestling matches I lost? I didn't go hide for a year. I sucked it up. I was a, I was a man about it. She could have been a woman about her losses and just went out and faced the adversity. But no, she went home and hid. I never hid. I went out. I, I, I gave it my all. I lost again. Kept going. That's, that's just what you got to do when you're an athlete, man.
1: It's because she's a little weirdo.
0: Yeah, yeah she's, she's a little weirdo, that's right. All right, well, we've talked about bankruptcy. Um, Barry Windham, one of the horsemen, he had a stroke. Uh, he's seemed to be doing better. Uh, yeah, hopefully he will uh, make a full recovery. We can't have uh, all these wrestler deaths, man. I don't, I don't like it. It's it's very sad. Um, we wishing Barry Windham a full recovery. Brandon?
1: Of course, I didn't even know that this really happened, so shout out to him. Hopefully he pulls through and you know, keep him thoughts and prayers.
0: Yeah, you know, um, Wyndham, Blanchard, Anderson, Flair, uh, Dylan, that's my favorite incarnation of the horseman. I think that's the real horseman. Absolutely.
1: You? I gotta say, that's probably the best horseman. It's not the OG horseman with Ole, but it's probably, you know, the height of what the horseman did. I think the the 90s with Ben Juan, Malenko, and all of them, you know, it might be a, a little underrated, but... Who? You know, that guy who now shall not be named. Yeah, of course.
0: Uh, no, I mean, this is the best um, horseman because they got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Would you say that they were worthy of a Hall of Fame induction, Brandon?
1: Obviously, they're worthy of a Hall of Fame induction. You know, I kind of poop on the Hall of Fame, but when people are worthy, you know, they, if it was a real Hall of Fame, they would definitely go in.
0: Absolutely, you know. Me and my buddy who has been on this show. You know, we when the two sweet became popular to do again with the Bullet Club, we weren't throwing up two sweets; We were throwing up the four, man. Horseman guys. Yeah, absolutely. I need I, I might have to bring that back. I might have to start throwing up the four again, you know. Nobody's really throwing up the two sweets anymore. Bullet club's not cool anymore. What's I'm
1: better not... than two sweet? Four sweet.
0: Uh we're not doing four sweet. We're just, just throwing it up and give give yourself a head nod, sign of acknowledgement, you know.
1: And you can't you don't have to touch anybody.
0: You don't, exactly. You see? Exactly. Alright, Roman Reigns' wife is pregnant with
1: twins.
0: So Ro- Roman Reigns is she will... the father? Uh, yes, dude. He, he is
1: the father. Well, you didn't say that. You said the his wife is pregnant. I don't know.
0: Yes. Uh, this will make five kids for the big dog, Roman Reigns. Uh, this could be one of the uh, many reasons why he pulled out of WrestleMania. Obviously, he's immune compromised due to his leukemia battles. But you know, uh, his wife's pregnant with, with with uh twins. Yeah, man. So congratulations for the big dog. He's has a little. his uh, a little dog pound going on. See what I did there? See? See what I did there?
1: The big dog has quite a litter going on.
0: Litters l- l- for cats? Uh, dogs can have litters. Puppies. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not super there. Inside of the ring. Uh, so Matt Riddle, bro, who I don't know why he's still employed. He should have been fired, too. Um, yeah, so you know he needed a partner to go up against the Undisputed Era. And so Timothy Thatcher, the British Messiah, former All-Pro Wrestling Universal Champion... Uh, makes his NXT debut and he, now he's a NXT Tag Team Champ. Congratulations! Nice to see some uh, Bay Area wrestling blood featured on NXT, man. I love it. What are your thoughts
1: on that? It's an interesting pick. I mean, I think Riddle and Thatcher do have a little bit of history going back in the day, but uh, you know, it, it's interesting. You debut technically as a Tag Team Champion, so shout out to Thatcher. And yeah, I mean, who knows how long this whole thing will take? And maybe. You know, Pete Dunn ain't going to be back for a while.
0: Absolutely. All right, this day in wrestling, Roddy Piper wins a U.S. title, NWA 1986. There was Raw on this day in 2001. Triple H beats uh, Jeff Hardy to become the Intercontinental Champion again. Raw 2007. Santino Marella makes his uh, debut coming out of the crowd, beating Umaga for the Intercontinental title. And do you know what title changed hands on this day on Raw in 2018, Brandon? Do you, do you know?
1: Uh... We're going long. I'm not going to meander and take a guess. All
0: right. Jeff Hardy beats Virginia Mahal for the United States Championship. Wow. You thought it was going to be the Intercontinental title, didn't you? Didn't you?
1: I would have never gotten that.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. Come on now. Come on now. All right. Fan mail. Alfie Lewis. Hey, Philip Brandon buried your boy Sam Roberts. Thoughts? Wow. Um, I, I heard you're under the radar. Brandon, I heard it. Uh
1: I didn't know people actually listen to this thing yes yeah 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 yeah.
0: um you know it's funny peter rosenberg talked about uh jericho's commentary how he i guess he was looking at a more of a broadcaster role because you know that's what he does and he was, talked about how people love jericho but buried sam uh look brandon i know you don't listen to sam roberts and you should he's you know he's the reason why we have this show right
1: I did listened or watched the Pat McAfee show and did have Sam Roberts on to talk about the WWE cuts. So yeah, I, I pay attention a little bit.
0: No, but yeah, Sam Roberts is the reason why this show is, exists. Uh, I love Sam Roberts, love him to death. Love his uh morning show on Sirius. I love his commentary. I, I get Sam. You know, he's a, he's a, he's playing the shill role because that's what people have called him for years. So we just went with it. You know, he has pro wrestling tease merch that calls him a shill. Because that's what he is, you know. I've been called a show for WWE myself. That's what I am now. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Oh, but you didn't say anything. But his commentary in NXT, which was trash.
0: Oh uh, no, it was, it was fantastic. You, 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 I don't think you understand true broadcast commentary. I don't, I don't think you understand. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: Uh, here we go. Still Alpha- might have been better than Jerry Lawler though.
0: Oh, yeah, the ramen noodle moon salt, Jesus. Uh, Jim Cornette defended that guy. Oh, God, Jesus, I don't know. I met Jerry Lawler. He, he, he wasn't all that into it. I'm not going to lie to you, people. Uh, Alfie Lewis heard Brandon's under the radar, and when he was talking about the financials of in- the XFL, it sounded like he was doing Steiner math. <laughs> That's funny. Isn't that funny?
1: So funny.
0: Yes. Hootie Who 420. Hootie Who. Uh guys, what the hell is Vince doing releasing all this talent? I get most of them weren't being used, but goddammit Rusev, what in the bloody bollocks, McMahon? Uh yeah, we talked about Rusev's cut. It's unfortunate. It really is. Alright to the Instagram, here we go. Uh, Cindy from No DQ. With all the recent WWE talent has been uh being released, which star would be the hottest free agent on the indie scene? Uh, Rusev all day. Rusev days every day.
1: Don't sleep on no way, Jose. People, dude, nobody be here first.
0: Oh my, oh my god! All right, Embry is the X with the company as big as WWE. Uh, were, were the releases necessary? Uh, apparently so. If if they happened, um, that's it's just the way it has to be. All right, and then he also says, uh, "What these releases? Who do you think will resign with WWE once the once they regain some kind of normalcy?" I don't know. I don't know, man. I am not sure. I'm not aware.
1: I mean, some of these people have have left and they came back, like Kurt Hawkins, Luke Gallows. I mean, Zack Ryder and Heath Slater were one of those guys that I thought were going to be there just forever, so I, I can see them coming back. But Zack Ryder is pretty close friends with Cody Rhodes, so I don't know if Cody's going to give him a brother, you know, give him a brother deal to bring him in. But I think Zack Ryder might be someone to look out and see what he does, possibly going to AEW.
0: That's true. You know, people were uh, saying that uh, they should have just got rid of Brock. But I don't, you don't do that. He's the, the biggest crossover star they have. You know, crossover into UFC. He's an attraction and he draws. I don't know why you would do that.
1: But if we go back to my Steiner math that I did earlier on in the show, I said that maybe they're cut, they're like saving a, a million dollars. Like, in the long run, that's not a whole lot. So they. Definitely did not need to do this, especially when we got five hundred million dollars just lying around that you can use.
0: That's true. I, I, I highly doubt they've used all of that Saudi money. Mhm. Mhm. All right, SmackDown. We're not going to go over all of it, but uh, the Fiend and Strowman. What are your thoughts on that actually happening?
1: Well, I mean, we've talked about it multiple times on both of these wrestlers that we don't think that they should really be in the title picture. Now they're just kind of coming together. The story should be interesting. They did kind of lean into uh, Braun being a part of the White family early in his career. So, I mean, that's something to look out for. But, I mean, the immovable force and the immovable object, wherever the hell the thing is, you know, th- this, the this one. The
0: irresistible force meets the immovable object.
1: Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, the coffee's kicking in. I- I'm talking too fast. I can't think straight. There you go. It's okay.
0: Yeah, I don't want to see it. Like I said, Braun Strowman, it was his 10th title opportunity. He finally won it against a 50-year-old man uh, in front of no one. And the title doesn't even matter. I'm sorry. I'm
1: sorry. It might all be worth it, though, if we get to see Braun Strowman do the muscle man dance, though.
0: No, it won't. And, you know, people criticize WWE for having all these part-timers. Impact just had a 70-year-old man on their show. Yeah, that guy's as old as the NWA World's title. Like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyways, let's move on
0: to Raw. Abs- absolutely, let's move on to Raw. Oscar defeats, uh, was it Ruby Riot to qualify for the woman's money in the bank?
1: Good match. I mean, as I said, Oscar's kind of been the MVP during these quarantine Raws and Smackdowns because it feels as though she's on every single episode.
0: Absolutely, it was a good match. Nobody got hurt, so we can ask for. Alistair Black defeats Oni Lorcan.
1: Throw him up, Shout shouted Oni Lorcan. I mean, you know, good match. Not as lengthy or as you know, uh, ambitious as that Apollo Cruz match a few weeks ago was. But Black getting the win. I mean, if they brought, if they have Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch there, I I would have wished they pushed them a little bit more. I think they could have. They could be like a good, solid babyface or heel tag team to go up against the uh street profits but you know they're a body they're there to have a good match and they just lost to black so
0: absolutely absolutely
1: becky lynch cuts a promo i thought it was a good promo i mean pretty straightforward just kind of covering all of her bases not really calling anybody out just kind of saying you know whoever you know if you're going to come at the queen you better not miss so, you know, good, solid, straightforward stuff from Becky. Give me that, Becky.
0: Absolutely. All right, uh, Sarah Logan defaults. <laughs> oh, that's right. So she defeats Shayna Baszler because Baszler just walks out of the Money the Bay qualifying match, but she got fired. So does this mean Baszler will No, advance? it was
1: a mistake by whatever the announcer dude is because Baszler broke her arm and the referee stopped the match. So obviously Baszler won.
0: Oh, well, okay. Okay. My 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 bad. I, I I was barely paying attention to this anyway. Uh well, never mind. Well, what a what a way to uh, go out, you know, with a broken arm and then get fired the next day. Oh my, oh my god! All right, Austin theory all day. It's kid's younger than me. I'm i I hate myself. He defeats the man who's famous for that ramen noodle moonsault, Akira Tazawa.
1: So you you fly in a seventy-year-old man. on a a plane which you know there's health risks and hazards that you know he's almost died on television once before you bring him in you you barely have social spacing between the commentators and then you you bring him in and then he does that and it just kind of shows you that in the beginning jerry lawler shouldn't have been there and then jerry lawler who hasn't been on tv for a month and a half or whatever he he's known to not watch the product when he's not working on it so I mean, he just kind of showed himself this week. I'll say that.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: Um, yeah, that's,
0: that, that's, I, I don't even have anything to say about the match. I really don't. Nia Jax defeats Kyrie Zane. Do you know why Nia Jax did that? Because she's not like most girls.
1: She is not like most girls. Great TikTok, by the way, by Uh-oh. Nia Jax. Oh, fantastic TikTok. not as good as Lana's not as good as Chelsea Green has a pretty good one
0: too I'm not a fan of Chelsea Green I'm sorry uh Lana Lana's her TikTok is phenomenal I'm not gonna lie Kathy Kelly's TikTok is very underrated I
1: think Kathy Kelly's very underrated
0: oh my god she's gorgeous uh Velveteen Dream going after Finn Balor Kathy Kelly's involvement in in that I think that's fascinating let's we, we we need to play on that on on NXT television
1: Shout-out Queen Kathy.
0: <laughs> Shout-out Queen Kathy. absolutely. Uh, Lashley, he goes on to defeat No Way Jose. Ho- Jose did the job on the way out, as he should. Abs- I'm proud. I'm proud. Get that dancing Neanderthal off my TV. I love it.
1: He's going to dance all no. the way to the IWGP,
0: IC, or U.S. title.
1: You watch. No,
0: he's not. Well, we're going to talk about the U.S. title not even mattering later on, but... No, he's not, bro. He's not. Stop. Stop it. Stop it now. Stop.
1: I feel like we should have a bet. Like we should have like a, like a two-year bet to see if Noe Jose does anything.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll say it right now. I bet you $100. $100. There we
1: go. $100 what? We need to have like a, a layout, like a goal for him to reach.
0: $100 that he wins a title in Japan in the next
1: two years. How about any major title? Just any major title on... Oh, oh, oh. We can't we can't make it just Japan? Why not? Why not? Well, because I'm just making an assumption that he's going to Japan. Maybe he lands somewhere else. Maybe he goes to ROH. Or he goes okay. to Impact.
0: Look, if he wins a title in Ring of Honor, Impact, or New Japan, I will give you $100. There we go.
1: And now he's going to be TNT champion.
0: Yeah. Oh, my, oh, oh my God. I have to talk to Cody. We can't make that happen can't make we cannot make that happen. Oh my god. All right, you know what? If he wins their heavy if he wins the main title, like the the heavyweight title there, I'll give you $150. There we go. You you heard it here first. There we go. You you better mark the tape, the time, the date cuz I'll forget this. I even said this. Let's you know that right now. I'll remember. Oh, of course. Uh, Drew McIntyre, the WWE champion, defeats Andrade, the United States champion. Andrade has a nice little stable, Los Ingobernables de WWE.
1: It's not Andrade's staple, it's Zelina's staple. She is the business venturer. It's Zelina Incorporated or whatever.
0: So there was the Heenan family, there was the Dangerous Alliance. What, What do we call this?
1: vegas villains i don't know <laughs> i like it
0: i like it trademark it do it do it now do it do it now uh, what are your thoughts on mcintyre versus andrade
1: it was a short match i kind of wanted a little bit more from these two guys with them both being champs i thought maybe they would protect them but mcintyre beat him pretty decisively and I mean, I'm higher on Andrade than I think most people are, so I think he could have protected him a little bit more. But they're in the business of building up McIntyre, and I mean, I'm not going to fault him for it, so uh, i mean, just got to wait and see on where both these guys go after this.
0: Absolutely. The last time they faced off was for the NXT title, and Andrade, Cian Almas at the time, he defeated McIntyre for the title. Uh, got to remember that. Mm-hmm. All right, and then after that, the Messiah. The Messiah has risen after he has fallen. He has been resurrected. Seth Rollins comes out, curb stomps Uh, Drew McIntyre. He's so good without a crowd. He really is. The facial features, the mannerisms, the movements. I, I love it. I love it, dude. What are your thoughts on Rollins?
1: I like Rollins' promos that he had throughout the show. Just kind of quick, little, silent, serious promos. And he comes out... Uh. You know, Curb Stomps, McIntyre obviously setting up uh, a match there between them. I mean, with the Raw heel roster the way it is, we are speculating, you know, either Orton, Seth Rollins, or AJ, and they all lost coming out of WrestleMania. So no matter what, it was going to be a losing heel going up against McIntyre. But I think these two are going to be good. You know, Seth a little undersized compared to McIntyre, but I think he'll do well with his promos and his character work.
0: Absolutely, you know. I mean... Two people lost. One of them died. You have to remember, A.J. Styles is dead.
1: Well, the Good Brothers are dead. So, we'll see what happens with A.J.
0: They didn't get buried, though. They just, they, 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 they disappeared.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you die, you like disappear.
0: Uh, I, 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 uh, I guess if you want to go that route. Oh my god. Mm, mm. Uh.
1: Your oh. soul leaves your vessel.
0: Your vessel to never ever return. Yes. Oh, my God. Uh, BTE 200, man. Matt versus Nick Jackson. First time in like 15 years, right? Are are you excited about that?
1: So excited I just can't hide it. Think
0: about all all the great brother versus brother. Kane and Abel. Kane and Undertaker. Brett and Owen. You know? Jeff and Matt. Matt and Nick, this is going to be something that we may never, ever see again. I mean, one of the best brother versus brother rivalries of all time.
1: It could be. It could be. I mean, it's probably gonna be a lot of fun. I kind of wish that we didn't have this pandemic because it probably I mean, I think the BTE 100 was like, you know, spectacular and a whole bunch of skits and stuff. But I think BTE has been doing a good job kind of taking, you know, BTE kind of being the West Coast division of AEW with Dynamite being the Southeast Atlanta version of AEW.
0: Absolutely, man, absolutely. All the callbacks, they had all those people like Flip and Marty I was like, Oh my god, you know Flip and Marty take Japan. Oh my god. Oh that was great. I miss those days. I miss those days of the BTE.
1: I really wanted like Adam Cole to be in the background of Britt Baker, but it didn't happen.
0: It did it did not happen.
1: Well, like say like, Oh my god, I think my house is haunted or something, that would have been great.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Adam Cole is dead too. Oh my oh my god. They just kill people. I forgot about that. With the with the Monster Energy drink, yeah, that's why you don't. Never talk- drink an
1: open Monster, guys.
0: Never do that. You can drink Bangs though. You can drink Bangs all day.
1: Or Rains. Shout out Rain. I'm not a Eva Marie. She's a big Rain girl, huh? I'm... i I like the Rains because they're usually on sale and they have them in bulk at Costco. Oh,
0: there, there you go. I can get you free Bangs if you want.
1: And we ain't talking about energy drinks. Heyo.
0: <laughs> what? No! Stop it! Stop it. All right, AEW Dynamite, the Murder Hawk Lance Archer defeats. Boom, 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 cult Cabana to advance in the TNT Championship Tournament. What are your thoughts on this?
1: It was a good match. I mean, I like Cabana and Archer. I, once again, I thought it was a stellar promo by Jake to open up Dynamite. I mean, overall, Archer went over pretty strong. And to be expected, I mean, a lot of these matches kind of I mean, it was sandwiched between two significant matches, so I thought this was a good hot start to the show. You know, maybe on the, the lower end of all the other matches we've seen on AEW in the past few weeks, but I think it was good. I think kind of establishing Colts and getting him over was also effective in this match.
0: Absolutely. All right, Britt Baker, DMD. She defeats Cassandra Golden. Britt Baker's really come to her own. Since she's been doing those uh, on-stage interviews with Tony Schiavone. I, I really, uh, really, r- really, r- really like that, man. I'm a fan of Britt Baker now. I, she might have to become my dentist. I'm serious. I think
1: she's been doing a good job. I did like the little vignette she cut. But she broke her nose last week, and then she comes out this week. I'm pretty sure those tapings were like, the same day, and she had no significant damage so I would say maybe I'm not I'm just speculating that maybe that match this week took place before the match against Sheeta last week
0: uh no no
1: she just has great heal- healing powers
0: uh no she's she, been
1: drinking a lot of milk
0: you know she uh, a, lo- a lot of makeup a lot of uh tape you know and uh it's it, it stayed in place for, for for the time being I mean uh, Golden didn't really get any offense in, so it's okay. You know, it, everything held up.
1: Maybe she'll bring back the she'll bring out the mask like Cody.
0: Hey, I'd pop for that if she did that. Um, that I I really that was a really uh, interesting time in Cody's career. I, I liked masked Cody. I, I dug it. You know,
1: she can wear like a mask that covers her teeth too.
0: Oh no, she would never do that. Never do that.
1: All right, the bubbly bunch, da da
0: da 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 da. What are your thoughts on the bubbly bunch, man?
1: It was entertaining. It was a good way to get Santana and Ortiz on the show because they haven't been a part of the tapings. Uh, The production value I thought was a little, little boo boo. I mean, I think BT has better production values than what they were doing, but obviously, you know, they're just kind of grabbing what they have at their house. I mean, overall, I thought it was, you know, it was entertaining. It was fun, kooky, but that's kind of what happens when Jericho's involved with this stuff. I mean, one to ten. What are you gonna give it? One to ten. I think I'll give it like a.
0: A seven. Wow, that's a uh, that's two above average. So, okay, okay. I thought it was funny, you know. I wish they like they used Jericho's theme, which is cool, but I wish they had like they had recorded themselves like a, a parody of the Brady Bunch theme song. I really wish they had done that.
1: Probably would have to shell out a hefty check for that. I mean, eh, eh,
0: like, who really remembers the Brady Bunch? Let's mm, be realistic here. A lot of people, Philip. Yeah. nobody. Nobody watching this show is like, "Oh, huh, I'm gonna turn on the Brady Bunch after this." Oh, 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 oh. No, that's that's not gonna happen. You know, sorry. The the Bubbly Bunch far better than the Brady Bunch, hands down.
1: You know, when Britt Baker had her match with Sheeta, she was like, "Oh my nose." That's that's a callback to the Brady Bunch because Marsha gets hit with the football and she hurts her nose. You watched the Brady Bunch. I've seen, you know, I've seen an episode or two or multiple. I The only time I've ever been introduced to the Brady Bunch,
0: it was, um, it was the Amanda show and there was like a parody of the Brady Bunch and they
1: all attacked her. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should get everybody... Complete who's... side question, Philip. Yes. Completely random. Okay. Have you ever had a Mexican pizza at Taco Bell? No,
0: I don't eat Taco Bell.
1: Okay, just just asking because on a... My friend's podcast they were talking about the Mexican pizza, apparently it's a very uh, divisive subject
0: R- really what podcast is this?
1: This would be trap door to hell Shout out trap door to hell they if oh, you want the, entertainment uh... news, go listen to them we did this you know that's when we did this spectacular crossover episode and Dominic talked about crapping himself
0: absolutely absolutely talked about defecation God damn you know we should get everybody who's been on the show and we should have a bullet bunch I think we I th- yeah.
1: Just one giant, like twenty-person Zoom call?
0: Not twenty-person Zoom call. I, I think we'll, we we'll, we'll, you, and myself, obviously. Uh, we'll go the other guy. Uh, young boy number three is currently upset with me, so we're not gonna do that. Uh, we'll go young boy number two, hands down, absolutely.
1: He'll sing of the intro. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: The bullet bunch da 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 da. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, man. We'll, uh, we'll grab Bobby and Carlos and Flo. Yeah, man. I think, I think we can make this work. I'll, uh. Uh, we'll get Huey and Jimbo. I'll I'll I'll, I'll make this happen for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, Sammy Guevara defeats Pineapple Pete. Orange Cassidy, Pineapple Pete, Vanilla Vance. What's up with all these people, man? And these these fruits and and drink names. What's going on, man?
1: I couldn't think of a stupid joke to say, so I'm just gonna let it flop.
0: Does uh does he live in a pineapple under the sea?
1: No, that would be SpongeBob SquarePants.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I know a SpongeBob pickup line for those of you that are looking for love once quarantine's over. I'll uh, d- DM me on Instagram and I'll, I'll I'll let you know what it is. I can't say it on the show.
1: Yeah. That means it's a little X-rated.
0: Uh, no, it's just a little. Ha ha! Wow, you actually said that. You know. Yeah. I'll tell you. I'll tell. I'll tell you after the recording. Yes. Oh, what are your thoughts on Guevara defeating Pete?
1: I, I mean, it's a simple squash match. I think it's nice to get Sammy out there. You know, have him be in a in a winning match, uh, to show off his personality and his move set. So, I mean, there's a lot of squash matches on this show. So, just another one to add on the board. Absolutely. All right. bad, Kip Sabian defeats
0: Chucky T. This happened Penelope Ford criminally underrated, by the way. I'm just going to let that out there. Oh, uh, yeah, she helps uh, Superbad Kip Sabian get the win.
1: Yeah, I mean, good match. Uh, Sabian being in the TNT tournament, obviously he's going to get the win here. Uh, Chucky T and Trent both losing in, in singles matches. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but I think Sabian probably, at the end of the day, will be uh, at a higher level than Chucky T in the singles division.
0: Absolutely... All right, and it is the main event. There were video packages going all night. Uh, Ariel Hawani, you know, just all these people from MMA and Bellator talking about this match. And then you have Inner Circle chiming in. Uh, Moxley versus Hager for the AEW title. Mox goes over. And the camo shorts.
1: So this match was filmed, you know, a month ago or whatever, and there was kind of rumblings. Tony Khan and JR really putting this match over Strong saying that It was, was like the best empty arena match ever. So well, I kind of kept my expectations, you know, a little lower because I kind of thought, okay, it's not going to be that great, but it should be really good. But I think at the end of the day, you know, it was a fine match. I think Empty Arena just in general is kind of awkward, especially if you're going to go all over the arena. And so that's why I like AEW having the wrestlers out of ringside. I still thought it was a good match, maybe ambitious to go 30 minutes. Uh, I think Hager was definitely gassed a little bit that, uh, you know, he was maybe slowing down a wee bit. So, I mean, I thought it was good. I think maybe... Better than the Edge Orton match just because it wasn't as long and as tedious. So, I mean, if I'm comparing it between that match, it's probably not the uh, the best thing for this for this match.
0: Yeah, uh, if they did go on too long. You could just shave fifteen minutes off of this; it would have been just fine. Uh, yeah, they really built up a Hager though. That was that was a nice little video package just to see. Thought thought that was cool. What are your
1: on yeah that? the build itself I really like the build with all the uh, celebrities and stuff coming in to give their insight you know it's a way to to fill time and it's also a good way to kind of make this match feel like it's a big deal and I think that they definitely succeeded in that even though the match itself didn't deliver
0: yeah absolutely all right superstar spotlight who do we got who do we got who do we got
1: uh... I think'm I'm, I'm gonna go with a first time ever pick she was everywhere. On Monday Night Raw. She got her villains. It's Zelina Vega.
0: Really? You're going to go Zelina. Zelina, Zelina, Zelina. Okay. I uh, see you pimping. see you pimping.
1: Shout out to Zelina and Alistair Black. Great YouTube channel, by the way.
0: Oh, really? Oh, wow. That's, that's interesting. I will go everybody that lost their job yesterday. Hopefully you all land on your feet. Wish you all the best of luck in all your future endeavors. Yeah.
1: Now you're going to feel like an a-hole now because I didn't pick them.
0: Uh-huh. should have. should have. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Promo pick of the week. Cody Rhodes talks about the TNT Championship. He says other people want it. The difference is I need it. Yes, he names every – as he smokes an American Rebel, by the way. Great cigar, ladies and gentlemen. I had one with him at the day after Double or Nothing last year. I, I highly recommend you buy them. They're very, very tasty. As he smokes his cigar, he discusses everybody in the tournament. And then he gets to Lance Archer because, you know, Jake Roberts is coming after Cody. And, you know, he talks about Lance. And the- <laughs> I popped when he said this. He says, am I supposed to be scared of you? Your biggest accomplishment is winning a title in Japan that nobody even cares about? I'm like, wow. Yeah. Talk about that U.S. title in Japan, you know. Cody held it. He said, yeah, I held it. Sure, it, it happened. Okay. Uh, what are your thoughts on this?
1: I mean, I thought it was a good promo. I thought, you know, kind of talking to, to every single person in the bracket, kind of saying who he thinks, you know, he could face, what that means for him. I thought it was really good. Devaluing the United States title over there in Japan. I mean, I kind of understand it, but it also kind of devalues your current heavyweight champion because he's also the current IWGP US title holder. So, you know, maybe he shouldn't have done that. But uh, at the end of the day, I thought it was really good. You know, maybe a little bit long, kind of staggering out his uh, paragraphs a, a wee bit. But I thought it was, you know, if you've seen kind of those sit-down interviews that Cody's done before on these YouTube channels, it's very similar to those, and I thought it was very good.
0: Yes, this was uploaded on uh, April 8th of this year. Brandon, what's our closed match pick of the week?
1: Well, our cl- Closed match pick of the week. We're going to go back to NXT TakeOver Toronto 2016. We got a two out of three falls match. DIY taking on The Revival. I thought this was a perfect pick because of everything that was going on last week we had the final breath or beat whatever the hell it's called between Gargano and Champa last week and this match was a fantastic two out of three falls match I think it was determined the best match of the year for NXT and I I watched it back you know definitely fantastic storytelling the revival if you you know really only saw the revival on the main roster is like oh what's all this hype about definitely check out some revival stuff on NXT but with DIY with uh, American Alpha definitely check out American Alpha in the revival cuz two teams that definitely were not utilized properly on the main roster
0: absolutely i mean the revival i you you made me reminisce about the magic of the revival in NXT the first ever at the time two-time NXT tag team champions uh they were the masters of the false finish I mean, I was I always looked forward to their matches, especially a takeover match, because I knew the false finishers were going to be amazing. I remember they had that one match where uh, I think it was Dawson threw threw uh, the white towel over Wilder's feet so that the ref couldn't see that his feet were on the ropes. I'm like, oh my god, just brilliant old school stuff. Yeah, Dash and Dawson, man. Uh, what are their names? They're going to be outside of their single names. Do 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 we know? Like Docs Wilder or something like that, or. So,
1: I think they're just going to use their shoot names.
0: They might use their shoot names. I don't know, dude. Or they can be like Ryback and legally change their names to
1: Dash and Dawson. <laughs> just to show you how good the Revival are, they got a few pretty good matches out of Enzo and Cass. That's saying a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. Then, uh, what was it? It was that roadblock special. Yeah, I remember that, dude. That was good. It was uh, when Dean Ambrose faced Triple H for the WWE title. Yeah, that was good stuff. That was really good stuff, pal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us. Uh, I know last week was a short one. We hit over an hour like we usually do today. So here we go. Follow us on Twitter, at bulletcast, Instagram, the bulletcast, YouTube channel, the bulletcast. Email us. Bulletcast2 is in the number, 2sweet, swet, at gmail.com, 99.9 FM, Cato, and Watsonville every Friday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, Patreon. That is going to do it for us. Uh, Brandon will be back with another Under the Radar maybe next Tuesday, hopefully. We don't know. Listen to his curveballs and cheer shots he does with Dominic. Uh, The Trap Door, listen to those guys. I did an Instagram video on the Bulletcast YouTube channel. Go check, or not the YouTube channel, but the Instagram page. Check that out. Talking about all the podcasts I've been listening to during quarantine. Uh, shouting some people out there. A lot of people are doing good work. We have to stay together in this podcast community as we are. Uh, content providers oh brandon did you see that uh fan mail i posted on my personal instagram
1: i believe so putting us over
0: yeah let me let me let me read that to the people before we sign off uh hey guys just want to say thanks for keeping up the show during these tough times it's nice to unwind and forget about what's going on and listen to you guys discuss uh, the wrestling business thank you guys so much keep up the good work sincerely dan what are your thoughts on that man
1: I mean, I'm very appreciative of him sending that. And, you know, I kind of see the numbers. And obviously, we're not doing, you know, super hot. We're not, you know, having millions and millions of listeners. But it does kind of remind me that there are people out there that do listen. And when people, you know, feel strong enough to actually write in and say stuff like that, it does touch this, you know, decrepit little soul of mine. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, I put it on my Instagram and I personally wrote, I got this from a fan today. Absolutely grateful and humbled by this. I feel as though it's more important now, uh, more than ever, to be as entertaining as can be if you're a content provider, given the uncertain times we're going through. I appreciate this so much. And if you have listened or do listen to the bullet cast, I appreciate you a great deal. You're a part of the podcast success story, and we're still writing chapter one, which we are. That's going to do it for Brandon and myself. We will talk to you next week. And R.I.P. Howard this is John when your face is in the dirt you'll know your death is what i seek
1: this has been the bullet Cast. thank you for listening